Okay, Seattle hockey fans, I know it's not great. We had a, co- a rough couple of hours, depending on where in the world you are, uh, as we know. Um, Marissa and Jemmy announcing that she was laid off. Cami Granado going to Vancouver. And then there was what happened at the return to Climate Pledge Arena. You are Locked On Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey there, Seattle hockey fans. Erica Lindsay Ayala bringing you another episode of Locked on Kraken. As always, we want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. It is Thursday back in North America. And uh, Friday here, we've got some USA hockey that I just watched a few hours ago. We've got some USA hockey that I'm going to watch in a few hours. And in between, we have some Seattle Kraken news and updates. First, I do want to start the show before we get into Maddie Beneers by just wishing Marissa and Jemmy the best. We had her on the show. I hope to have her on the show again. But um, I'll I'll talk a little bit more about the situation that is being a woman in sports media a little bit later on the show. But like I said, we're going to start with the balm to heal our open wounds. Our boy, Maddie Beneers, scored his uh, first goal of the Olympic tournament in his first game of the Olympic tournament. I was on hand. I was packing up... um, When you go in these uh, big events that have media scrums, it's really important to kind of get down there early and position yourself. So I was uh, just packing up and uh, saw Maddie Benier score. I barely saw him score, but I did see him score from live from the ice. I tweeted about it when I was downstairs. It was a fun moment to watch. The United States pretty much had this in the bag from what's reflected on the scoreboard. And there was a time where they opened the game up. But early in the game, China really established a physical game and was able to apply pressure pretty consistently to the United States, mostly in that first period. And we're going to talk to a handful of players and of coach and of course coach David Quinn about how the United States handled that, what that is indicative of, how that's going to impact them when it comes to playing Canada, at least for me, um, you know, again, in less than 24 hours here, I guess it's the same, right? That should be the same. The time of day is different. I don't know. Who knows? Time is, I don't know what time is at this point. Anyway, we're going to get into all of that or uh, most of it. I want to get you ready for that USA-Canada match on the men's side. We talked about the women's tournament yesterday, but I'll remind you who is playing today. But first, let's go to Maddie Beneers himself. Now, I'm unable to take video unless it's stand-up like this at the Olympics. Um, So you're going to hear the audio of Maddie Beneers. And bless his heart, he was all up in the microphone. So there might be a few times where it comes in pretty hot. But I prefer that than not being able to hear him. Anyway, Maddie Beneers speaking into my microphone live at the Olympics. Here's what he had to say about 
getting his first Olympic game under his belt and his first Olympic goal. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, you know, I think it took me a little bit to get into the game um, in the first, but I think I got, I got into it um, a little later on and felt really good, especially uh, in that third period. Our shifts were, um, you know, every line was just kind of going shift after shift, really ozone to hemming them in. So uh, I felt good to kind of get used to the pace and the physicality and uh, get one under my belt. Yeah, I think that was, you know, I think everyone saw that in the game. You know, in, in the start, we started out. Um, not slow. We were, we were playing hard, but you know things weren't just weren't connecting like they normally would on your own team. And then later in the game, you start seeing passes connect, people making nice plays, and uh, line mates kind of starting to feed off each other. I think I felt that, especially on my line. You know, as we progressed, and I know a couple other lines. You know, they started to really know where each other are without you know yelling or looking back at it. You know, yeah. I mean, um, it's kind of tough. You know, coaches have been moving around a lot to try to find out what matches work up work best uh, you know you get some practice time but I think uh, in the exhibition but he you know it's you know he's moving around things trying to find out what works for him we're trying to find out what what uh, combinations like we work well with too so uh, it's a lot of mix and matching I think today was really good because we got a full 60 minutes with kind of one line and um, you know when you're playing a real game you really get to see what uh, what your linemates tendencies are and things like that so I think that was really really good for us. Uh, I mean they're obviously older and bigger and uh, that's kind of their edge on us and you know we got speed so I think we kind of adapted to that and um, you know we moved the puck quicker so that they weren't able to really hit us as much. Uh, I think that's kind of how we played against them. Moved it fast and jumped around them. That was kind of our game plan and I think we executed it pretty well. You know they were still really good and got a lot of bodies on us but um, as you can see, we did a good job. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was really cool uh, to be out there. You know, I think once you start playing, it's just kind of like every other game. You know, you kind of forget about all the outside noise. And while you're at the Olympics, you know, it's it's cool to sit sit back after the game and think about it. But while you're in the moment, you don't really think about it. You're just kind of playing. It was an eight nothing win for the United States over host China. They took advantage in the area of shots. They had 55 shots to China's 29 shots. They uh, put up a lot of um, opportunities that the netminder for China, who I might get to, if I don't get to it on this show, we'll talk about it next time. Um, but uh, Jeremy Smith had to put in some pretty big work for China. He is obviously going by his uh, Chinese name for this tournament which is Shimisi. Uh, that's his first name, Shimisi. Um, and so um, I, I think it's interesting, a lot of things regarding Ch Team China and how we got a lot more access, which I'm happy for in general, got a lot more access to the men's team, especially those players that speak English than we did in the women's tournament. I got no access in the women's tournament. They got access in the men's tournament. Uh, again, glad that we got to hear from some of the players. Very disappointed that I couldn't speak to them during the women's tournament. Anyway, I digress. We're going to stick with the balm, which is Maddie Beneers. But a little bonus that you know made me happy is when Brian O'Neill was asked about... Um, you know, I actually asked him about where you want to be in this tournament. Um, if you liked what the team was able to, to do against China and how they need to use that to prepare for Canada. And so Brian O'Neill gave me a nice little extra treat by mentioning our very own 
Ryan Donato. Here's what he had to say about Ryan. Thought for not playing a whole lot of hockey. A lot of us haven't done that lately, so to get a win like that, especially after the first period, wasn't our best, but to see the puck go in the net eight times will definitely give a lot of our players some confidence going into the next game. They played hard, a lot of pride. We have a lot of respect for that, and I think it's good for us to get exposed to that early in the tournament. It's only going to get tougher, and against Canada, a big rivalry game, I'm sure they'll be really physical. So I think it's good for us to get our feet wet, see some physicality early in the tournament. In a short tournament like this, you saw in 2018, you got to get guys feeling good. You had Ryan Donato get off to a good start. We had a couple guys, college kids, get off to really good starts. Ryan carried that confidence into the rest of the tournament. I think you'll see the same tonight or throughout the rest of the tournament with those young kids. So there you have it, folks. It is your Olympic roundup, your Maddie Beneers in Beijing watch with an extra bonus of a Ryan Donato reference. I talked about it being the balm, and that's because there's some unfortunate things that we have to talk about. Um, <laughs> as far as the Seattle Kraken dropping another game and losing a few assets. Coming up next... What I'm going to do is we're going to talk about the Arizona game. I'm then going to take you back to Beijing. We'll get a little bit more of the balm of the good vibes. And we will close the show with some of the news items that I talked about regarding Cami Granado, Marissa, and Jemmy. And we'll get you ready for the next Seattle Kraken games and the next Seattle uh, Kraken prospect, Maddie Beneers, USA Hockey Games, and the women's quarterfinal. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march right to the big game coming up very soon. BetOnline.net BetOnline.net remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Of course they have NHL, pro and college hoops, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online, where the game starts. And by nature of us having Maddie Beneers on Team USA and, and me having a foothold in women's hockey, we've been getting a lot of Olympic talk. But if you want to hear about some of the other NHL prospects making their rounds or just a few other experts that are chiming in, make sure that you check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked on NHL. It is a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. And yes, I make appearances on Olympic Hockey Daily. So you can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. That's wherever you listen to podcasts and including YouTube, always free and available wherever you listen. Okay, Kraken fans, we heard from Maddie Beneers talking about his first Olympic game. He is now officially an Olympian. We also heard him talk about his first goal. He's officially on the score sheet as an Olympian. We also heard Brian O'Neill give a nod to Ryan Donato. And just talk about how his performance early on in the Olympic tournament really led to some momentum. And that's exactly what USA wants to do. I want to now take you, though, to a player that if if we're talking momentum, if we're talking a first game, giving them momentum, then we have to talk about number six, Sean Farrell. He had three goals and two assists in this game for five points total, led the team in points by a big margin. No one else had more than two points. Uh, that's Augustino and Abruzzi, Nick Abruzzi, as 
as well as Abdegaller, who had two or more points, uh, in addition to Farrell, who had five. Um, all right. Oh, sorry. Ben Myers also had three points. My bad, Ben. He had a goal and two assists. <laughs> Lighten up the board, USA was. All right, let's go to Farrell talking about his start. And then I want to take you over to head coach David Quinn talking a little bit about what he asked his players to do to accelerate the process of them getting to learn each other on the ice. Uh, yeah, I think I'm really happy with how our team played. Uh, I think um, it, it's definitely good to get on the ice in a real game after after all the buildup, and uh, I'm happy with how my line plays. I think me, Myers, and Cates, we've been we've been building practice, and it's it's good to see that show up in the game. Yeah, I think it, it definitely helps to play in a real game. We definitely have some more to build on after that, but I think overall we just have so many good players on the team that kind of kind of throw anyone out there, and, and we'll have guys that are able to make plays. Yeah, I think. Kind of, kind of just kept business as usual in college and, and, and prepared in that way. I think playing the NCAA is a great way to prepare. And uh, fortunately, we had we had a lot of games on our schedule at Harvard before coming out here. So I felt like we were ready and, and prepared to come into camp and, and compete in practice and have a good start here today. Um, that's, we were in L.A. probably uh, the last day of January, and we were there for a couple days. Um, and then we got over here to Beijing on, like, the 4th. It's a great sign about our mental toughness. You know, you can get, you get frustrating when you have chances and you don't score and the goalie's playing well. And But I like the fact that we stuck to it. We didn't get away from our game and actually kind of played better, like I said, as the game went on. 100%. You could see the tempo in the offensive zone get better as the game went on. And I think that just comes from playing with each other even within the game. You know, and you know we did play two periods against Canada. Uh, and I thought we really took a big step forward with our offensive zone play today. Well... Fortunately for us, we've all been in these international situations. We don't have a lot of time to get a team together and to bond quickly. Uh, I think our players have kind of taken it upon themselves. There's only so much we can do as coaches. One of the things we did as, a, as an organization is we identified players that we thought were team players first and foremost. On top of the fact we wanted to get great players, and we're very fortunate that we think we got a lot of really good players that think team first. And when you have that, you got a chance to be successful. And with everyone, you heard me and other people asking about the physicality of this game against China. But what I loved, what O'Neill said, is that this is good going up against this game that they have coming up against Canada. And David Quinn and even Matty Beneers, when we heard from him, liked that they got a full 60 minutes in in competition. They had that scrimmage against Canada. David Quinn talked about that they saw some things that were exposed in that scrimmage, and now they'll have a game under their belt and eight goals under their belt to be able to parlay those lessons into action against Canada. So overall, I think it was a really exciting game, uh, despite what some people like to write. Uh, One-sided hockey games are not always what they seem and this was a physical test for the united states and they weathered the storm that's the important part now so let's quickly talk about this loss to what used to be the worst team in the nhl i see on social media now people are calling us the worst team in the nhl and 
I'm just going to leave that there. A lot of folks, Everly still snake bitten. He talked about that on yesterday's show. I showed you the clip. And um, it's still the case. Phil Kessel came up big for the Arizona Coyotes. He was the only scorer in the first period. Nick Schmaltz scored again for Arizona in the second period. But Colin Blackwell got his fifth of the game. And Callie Yarncroke got his eighth of the game. But that was all she wrote for the Seattle Kraken. Um, it was a 5-2 to two loss. Uh, the team stats. The shots on goal were in the favor of the Seattle Kraken. So kind of like the USA women's team, except not as extreme as the women's team against Canada. The Kraken were getting shots on net. The issue is that they weren't getting the shots past Arizona and and their goaltender. So, you know, that's kind of a problem. The Coyotes also had 18 block shots to the Seattle Kraken's 12. Neither team successful on the power play. We kind of talked about those stats. Um, and so this is just a Seattle team that continues to struggle. I know that it's extremely frustrating, but uh, we weather the storm. We hold fast. We stay true. This is not the game that you want coming out of an all-star break. That being said, it was an all-star break and not really much time um, to get together. Is that an excuse? I don't know. It's a, is it a fact? Absolutely. And let's be honest, this is a Seattle Kraken team. When Even when they did have that stretch of nothing but practice, they still fell short of meeting their own goals, let alone getting a win. So back to the drawing board for the Seattle Kraken. They have another game coming up. I know we talked about it the other day, but um, they'll have another game coming up this weekend as they take the long trip up to Anaheim. So we will, of course, have a game day preview for you. But uh, like I mentioned, I want to make sure that you know what to expect when it comes to the IHF. Let's first start with Maddie Beneers and the U.S. men's team. They have Canada coming up. It's tomorrow at noon for me here in Beijing. Uh, so I believe that's an 11, 10 p.m. start Eastern time back in uh, North America. And then we also, uh, you know, I'm also going to always talk about the women. And I've got USA and Canada playing today. So the games that we have that I'll be watching in particular, we've got um, the United States is going to take on Chesnia. And that will be a 12-10 start. So just in a, in a handful of hours here, uh, it's 7 a.m. already here in Beijing at the time that I'm wrapping up this recording. And then Canada plays the late-night game. Uh, so they play at, uh, I believe it's 9-10 against Sweden. And then you also have coming up the other quarterfinal matchups that will be on the 12th here in Beijing is ROC versus Switzerland. And ooh, the one I'm excited for, Finland versus Japan. Um, so hang on to your hats, folks, between Locked On Kraken and Maddie Beneers Watch and the Locked On Olympic Hockey Special. I really don't know another daily podcast network that's giving you as much Olympic coverage as we are here. So if you like it, make sure that you subscribe um, on YouTube and that you are following on 
any platform that you listen to podcasts. The ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why would you endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning? Is Do you have an ES, an LX, an EX? Who knows? Why would you endure that and just have a someone at a counter go to a computer when you can do that on your smartphone, on your tablet, uh, and of course your desktop. You can do that work and save yourself the hassle. You can also save money when you use rockauto.com. Why would you spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more by going to brick and mortar when you can save yourself money and the hassle of having to deal with those interactions by just going to rockauto.com. They have everything you need, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle. If you type locked on in their how did you hear about us box, that's how they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto.com. I said I wanted to talk a little bit about what has gone down um, with Marissa and Jemmy. So for those who may not know, she posted on Twitter that on January 28th, she lost her job, that it was very sudden. And it sounds like between Marissa and the union, that there is some um, information that they're trying to get. Now, I am going to leave that for once we have more information. I do want to say as I started the show that I'm so grateful for Marissa and Jemmy and how I've been able to learn and grow with her in the hockey space. And I wish her all the best. She absolutely is always welcome. Marissa, you're always welcome on Lockdown Kraken. But I want to address an unfortunate reality that has transpired. Um, and Marissa is one of the most recent people being impacted. And it's not just a specific outlet. But it is a system in which we feel comfortable constantly berating women in journalism, in particular, on social media. And more than that, honestly, what has blown my mind is to see people stand by and watch these types of things happen. I've seen it in women's hockey in several situations now. Over the past year and a half, it's exhausting to talk about. You know, I'm, I'm bewildered and, and not surprised in that it's happening. But uh, the continual act of making excuses for institutions, organizations, platforms, individuals, teams, all of the above, and much more. The constant excuses that we as a society make for their actions and vulgar, vile behavior is something that if I think about too much, I feel that I'm the, the one that's not seeing the issue clearly, which is also by design. Let's not, let's not um, ignore that. Between... <laughs> an owner feeling that he doesn't have to answer to what a club is going to do regarding accountability because of sexual assault allegations and a settlement um, between 
a group of people doubling down because they got mad at a reporter um, for calling out the behavior of their cult leader. Um, And then those who sit in silence and tell us, oh, it's just a joke. Oh, he doesn't really mean it. Even though we continue to bring evidence to the table, it's heartbreaking, quite honestly. It's heartbreaking. And it's not right. So if you have any questions, if what I said wasn't evidently clear, um, again, I'm not talking about any specific. This is sparked by what Marissa is going through, but this is not me targeting anyone or anything specific because the, the point is that I can give multiple examples. And that's the problem. I could be talking about Chicago. I could be talking about women's hockey. I could be talking about Marissa and Jemmy and the situation that she's dealing with, uh, with Erica Nardini and and Portnoy. I I could, and on and on and on. I could give so many examples. And that's exactly why it's the problem. We are human beings first and foremost. And yes, we come together in celebration, especially on this podcast, to talk about a hockey team. But just as we can honor Jaden Schwartz for the work that he does to get people registered as bone marrow donors, just as we can talk and praise about the Seattle Kraken organization for having their players have a sit down about mental health or, you know, tweet every year at a certain time and then never talk about mental health again. When we say, Bell, let's talk just as we can do all those things. I am absolutely going to talk about harm that is committed um, by people in this community toward people in this community, the hockey community. And, in the name of the hockey community. I'm going to I'm going to call that out. I'm going to talk about it because it's very real. We talk about injuries, we talk about salary caps, we talk about trade deadlines. And whether you know why or how you feel about the firing is not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the audacity of a community that swears it doesn't have any problems continuing to show its ass. And my hope is that you're listening to what I'm saying. It will hit different for every individual. But my hope is that everyone listening to this will do something to truly make this sport for everyone. And if your immediate reaction is to turn my show off, Well, then you've made your choice, haven't you? But whenever you're ready to be about this hockey community in the way that I know hockey people show up for each other, I welcome you back. Erica Lindsay Ayala from Beijing. I'll catch you tomorrow. But as always, it's Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host, your host of the Daily Seattle Kraken Hockey Team Podcast, Locked on Kraken. I want to remind you to hold fast. We got to hold fast. We got to stay true. And now that you have made Locked on Kraken, once again, your first listen of the day, you've checked out Olympic 
uh, Hockey Daily with Rachel Donner and Ann Kimmel. It's time for you to head over to Locked on Bets, where your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling will take you through everything that you need to know um, regarding our other sponsor, Bet Online, and how to best optimize your money and your sports knowledge. So head over to Locked on Bets, also wherever you find Locked on Podcast Network feeds. And even though the team will be at the Honda Center, we are still going to be cheering loudly once they take on the Anaheim Ducks. And we're going to be cheering, of course, let's go Kraken. On the next show, I'm, um, I also want to talk about a big date. February 17th is going to be a big date for Seattle Kraken history for Black Hockey history. And so you know I'm going to break that down. As always, thanks for watching, and I'll catch you tomorrow.